I'm Samantha Bove, and this is She's Too Much. This show is for the woman who's been told that she dreams too much, talks too much, cares too much, thinks too much, feels too much, needs too much. And I say it's about damn time that we are even more. Because that thing you think makes you too much is the exact thing the world needs more of. So since the episode came out last week around being in a funk and how to surrender to it and hopefully move through it, I've had so many people, girlfriends, listeners, if she's too much, reach out and share that you two are in funky town and I just want to have a check-in. How are you doing? Are we moving through it? I have decided, (laughs) I'm realizing Brene Brown in her infamous TED Talk on vulnerability said something similar, how she was offered the perspective change of instead of um, a breakdown, a spiritual breakthrough. And I've decided to really turn my lens because when the funk hits, the feelings get really big, right? And while this episode is about Italy and I'm so excited to dive into it, I want to just take a couple minutes to share some of the clarity that I've been gaining from this particular dark week that I've experienced in the past week or so. And I've really decided like, okay, these feelings that are coming up are so big, real, real big feelings of loneliness and of uh, feeling like maybe everything is not actually okay. (laughs) Maybe everything is not well. Maybe I've been looking at this all wrong and a lot of grief and fear and so many big, big feelings. And I've sat with them. And what I'm realizing is, is if we see a spiritual breakthrough or spiritual transformation as a evolution into this next version of yourself, into a version of you that is more true, that is more honest, and that is more aligned with the many purposes that we have here on the planet, if we think about that as a birth and as a rebirth, there's going to be some big feelings involved because of the energetic force that it probably takes, I would imagine, to propel a human onto another level of consciousness. And I feel as if that's my experience right now. And if you've ever engaged with like plant medicine, you know that that's the case. Like the next day after a ceremony, everything's a little bit brighter. Everything is different in the world because you've accessed a new level of consciousness. And then it's your job to through meditation and through surrounding yourself with the right people and nourishing yourself with the right resources and foods and whatnot. You can maintain that level of consciousness. And I just wanted to offer that perspective shift to you before we dive into today's episode of if you're feeling big feelings, could this really be propelling you and creating an energetic shift and essentially a reorganization inside of you to access new creative depths, to access 
new levels to which you can feel that even if it's so low, the reverse of that can be so high. And what I can bring gratitude for in my own dark, dark week this past week is just so much gratitude for how open I am to feel because I know that my openness to feeling the depths of my grief and my pain and my fear and my worry is directly correlated to my ability to feel the ecstasy that I feel of being alive, of opening my heart to my friends, to relationships romantically, to my work, to my clients, to this creative path right here, which has been so fulfilling and such a great way for me to channel my emotions and my wisdom and my intuitions into a place where I can express it and it can go somewhere and live somewhere. So that's my offering for you today if you're feeling the big feels. Okay, so let's talk about Italy because, oh, so if you've ever been to Italy or if you hear people talk about it, it really is a feeling. And it's this way of life that I think is really like the way to live. Granted, I'm biased. I'm Italian. I grew up in like a very Italian-American household. And still, I just feel like when you go there, you get a peek into a way that people are living with this slowness and with this passion and with this presence and with this reverence for food and life and music and art that changes you. And this time coming back, I have really decided like, okay, I'm going to distill what I've seen and what I've learned, pick up the most important things to me of why I feel so amazing being in this country and spending time here. And really do my best to take responsibility to live like an Italian in New York City the best that I possibly can, even more than I've probably already been doing so. So really to set the tone, the way when I think of Italy, I think of a piazza. I think of hundreds of people. It's one in the morning. There's toddlers. There's infants. We're in, you know, hundreds or thousands of year old, thousands really, of year old cities with the most beautiful architecture, the most beautiful detail. I mean, we have like angels carved off of the side of like the, you know, a normal building. And there's hundreds of people and they're drinking and they're singing and they're dancing and there's babies to 85 year olds and everyone is out and just enjoying life. And it's a Tuesday and they're just celebrating each other's presence. And when I've thought about, okay, what really makes this place so special? It really boils down to passion, pride, and respect, and then the expression of that passion. And so when we hear passion in America, I typically think of, oh, well, if you have something that you're passionate about, that's really reserved for the lucky few of people who really do make time for their hobbies in adulthood, which is pretty rare. I mean, how many people do you know that like every week they're doing their tennis or they're going to their dance classes or they're, you know, taking time to work on their art? 
or it's those people who happen to be passionate about their job and their career, or it's like the honeymoon phase, like passionate lover stereotype. And outside of that, passion is not really expressed and very clearly in the mix of everyday life. Most people that I see and interact with are not like living in a passionate state. When we think of passion in America, it's more like you're doing something that you're passionate about. But in Italy, it's really the complete opposite of that. Italians bring passion to pretty much everything that they do, not just the lover for the first three months or not just their work if they like their work or not just a hobby if they happen to have a hobby. It's everything. They bring it to the food to the love of their family, to art, to music, also to their rest. (laughs) You have to see people on Italian beaches. They have huge like camper blow-up beds that they pump up. They have pillows. They have beautiful sandwiches that they made and cannolis and watermelon and drinks and they're popping champagne for no reason other than why wouldn't we make this a passionate, exciting day? And what I've realized is that This passion really comes from taking pride in something. You really cannot be passionate about something that you don't really respect and feel proud of in some way. And I think that's why so many people say struggle with a job or struggle with staying in a team or with a boss that they don't really respect. And while they may try to have a good attitude about it, you're never going to reach that state of passion if you don't respect the way a company is run, or my personal opinion after really thinking about this is like, wow, people lose passion because they lose respect for the other person because maybe they've started to see them in a very narrow-minded way or they've lost you know, that perspective of newness to really see like, wow, this is a person who is amazing. They have all of these you know, new and incredible qualities that I can discover when you decide like, oh, this is the way that somebody is, it's kind of hard to get that like juicy feeling of passion if you're just, you know, not looking at something with this novelty and excitement for the beauty that it really can be. So, which is another key aspect of passion, which is curiosity. Italians are very, very curious, I've noticed. And that curiosity is expressed in conversation, in in a deep interest of understanding the roots of something. So for example, I met a friend actually in Tel Aviv who lived in Puglia. That's where my sister and I spent our time in Italy in the region of Puglia. And I was um, at a beach bar and I heard somebody say Puglia and I was ran over and I'm like, oh, hi, I'm going to Puglia in a few days. And he was like, oh, I'm going back there. I live there. Ended up being an amazing friend spent so much time with him. He showed my sister and I all around. And so I was like, you know, tell me about like the region that you live. I want to know all the details because I feel like if you understand the culture a little bit more of where you're going, it makes your experience so much more rich. And so basically he starts telling me about this dance called the Tarantella. And it's this dance that's specific to a certain region in Puglia. And he's pulling up YouTube videos. And this is like a very good looking 35-year-old man, and he is telling me the origins of this wild, very expressive dance. 
and how um, you know the the story goes that um, in the olden days, women would be working out in the fields, and um, this woman got bit by a spider, and she began convulsing. And in an attempt to rid these women who have all gotten bit, rid them from this poison, the town would gather around these women. And they would shake and they would convulse and they would essentially be doing this dance to free them from this poison. And then other people would join in. And that turned into this dance that people still do today. And they fill the piazzas up at night. And it's like a big part of the culture. And as he's telling me this, he looks at his arms and he's like, oh, my God, I have goosebumps. It's so powerful. I get so emotional when I think about this. And I'm thinking like, this is a 35-year-old totally normal man and he's getting emotional about the dance of his community like this is the type of passion and respect and reverence that I'm talking about and this curiosity too of like this is the story of my people this is the story that we tell and it's just so beautiful and it brings this richness to everything it's not just the dances there's there's the same type of stories and culture to the food and to where the tomatoes come from and to where the meat is from and who, you know, gave us the cheese to eat at the restaurant. It's just beautiful. And I think when I talk about pride, like because you could see like when he's telling me this story, he feels so proud to be a part of this community where, you know, they still honor this dance from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And I think especially right now, it's hard to have, at least for me, pride for America with the decisions that our government makes. And it's really sad because it's my home. Like, this is where I was born. This is where all of the people that I love the most in the world choose to live. And yet it's so hard for me to say I have pride in America because I don't have pride in a lot of the ways that we run our country, especially from a humanity and social and environmental level. And I think that that's so detrimental because if we only associate this word of pride and feeling proud and really respecting, at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's respecting and revering something. If we assimilate or if we associate pride with a country and right like america doesn't really have a culture unfortunately (laughs) but with say the culture of america and how we are here we really miss out on bringing that pride to okay what is my own culture that i'm building within my own life and that's the perspective that i want to offer you is that you know if you're not italian or you don't resonate with italian culture it's really like this all over Europe. Even when I was in Tel Aviv, if you're curious about my experience there, you can go back and listen to an episode a few episodes ago. They also have a very like European, slow, passionate culture there. I want to invite you to think about like what type of culture are you building within your own family, within your own community? And what are you really taking pride in? Because the thing about Italy is that they connect their pride to what makes up their land and what makes up their country and what makes up their culture is the way that they love their families, the way that they respect the agriculture and the process of creating delicious, healthy, nutrient-dense food, the way that they talk to people and take their time. And that is pride. 
Like when you talk to an Italian who lives in Italy and you tell them you're visiting, there is a 98% chance that they're going to say something along the lines of, oh, it's the best place in the world, the most beautiful place in the world. And then if you say you're Italian, oh my God, they're going to say something like, oh, isn't it the best? It's the best to be Italian. And they just gleam with pride. And I feel very proud to have access to spending time here. And I'm really excited to raise my kids with this culture and in this upbringing. But it really makes me think like, how can I take pride in the way that Italians do for every area of my life, for my work, for the way that I cook, for the way that I host, and for the way that I really move through life. Which brings me to the next reflection that I have, which is how am I expressing this pride and this passion for the things that I love in my life, whether it be the people in my life, my art, my work, my mission. And one of the most clear ways that they express themselves in Italy is honestly through public displays of affection. And I'm not telling you you need to, you know, have more PDA, but here is what I see in Italy. And honestly, if you're a romantic and you're like, you know, just a soft like lover like I am, I just think you would love it. I love just like watching lovers interact. My sister constantly is like, you're staring, stop it. I'm like, I can't help it. I love people expressing their love. It's like one of my highest joys to like be a part of. And so many couples just so freely express themselves. And it's not, again, saved for just the beginning of a relationship. It's young couples. It's old couples. It's really old couples. Like if you're on the beach and there's like big lounge chairs, the likelihood of two people, like a couple smushed up together sharing a lounge chair is extremely high. And if they're in separate ones, they're holding hands or they're rubbing each other's back. Or it's not even just the couples. It's the whole family, especially like what I really noticed too is the dads like are so expressive with their children, constantly hugging and kissing and throwing them up in the air and just so close and so passionately expressive and enthusiastic about the way that they love their families. And it's not just physical, it's passion in the way that they speak. There's an excitement and a genuineness in the way that they approach each other, even in like, you know, the the double kiss on each cheek. It isn't just like, oh, I'm just going to kiss you on each cheek. It's like a real moment of greeting of your friends, of your family members to kiss on both cheek and look at each other in the eyes. And you can see like, you know, it's very interesting to watch how the men interact there because it's so much more close and intimate than men interact here in America. And it's so present. And it really creates this feeling of, wow, like these people really care about each other. And because of the culture that they've grown up in, it's so much easier to see that and feel that. Whereas I feel like here, it's a little bit harder, especially if you're making new friends to feel like, do they like me? Do they accept me? When somebody greets you with a hug and two kisses and, you know, starts to passionately ask you questions and share things, you know, like, okay, this is somebody who sees me, who appreciates me. And 
I feel really fortunate and it's such a lesson that I always think about whenever I answer the phone. So like my entire life, if I called my dad, not only did he always answer, he worked so hard and a lot. He always answered the phone. I think I can count on one hand how many times before he got sick like that he didn't answer the phone, always answered his calls. And whenever he answered the phone, he greeted me like he was meeting, I don't know, the his favorite artist on the planet or like, I don't know, the Pope, something. The passion and excitement and enthusiasm that he had answering the phone, I really think defined so much of our relationship. Like it was always like, hey, baby, what's going on? How are you? I never felt like a burden. I never felt annoying. I never felt like an inconvenience. I felt loved. I felt respected. I felt seen. I felt like, oh, this is somebody who is excited to hear from me. This is someone who is greeting me with the level of love that I know that they feel for me. And I think so many times in this culture, it's like so not normal to really express your excitement. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I moved back to the East Coast, because I feel like New York, New Jersey, people are a little bit more expressive in their emotions. And it's just something that growing up that way, I feel the most comfortable in. And really, it is an Italian way to greet people with that level of love and excitement and enthusiasm. And I will say it also goes the other way. So when people are upset, they're very expressive about it. But to me, it's like the same thing that I shared in the intro. Like I'm down to experience the lows and the big expression of emotion, of pain or anger or whatever, to also experience that level of love and recognition from someone. And another example of the way that they express their passion for one another is um, my sister pointed this out. So we were sitting on this like really remote beach. We had to walk like, you know, down this big mountain. And it was just so, so, so breathtaking, like massive cliffs, crystal blue water, a pebble beach, which I actually found out pebble beaches are like the shit. They're so comfortable to lay on the pebbles they're warm. It's kind of like a little like like hot stone massage on your back. It's the move. And so like we're laying on our lounge chairs, just people watching because it's so entertaining there. And she pointed out there was these two little boys like, you know, in the ocean. They couldn't have been more than seven or eight years old Italian. And they had these like, you know, big like water tubes around them and they're flopping around. They're like super chubby, these big little kid bellies. So cute. And they're splashing in the water and their Nona comes waddling down. And before she could even speak, the one little boy looks up at her in Italian and basically says, you look so beautiful. And she laughed and then told them, you know, told them what she needed. And he meant it like he looked at his Nona coming down in her bathing suit and beach cover up. And just wanted to let her know how beautiful she looked. Okay, so moving on to my final reflection here on how I'm bringing Italy back home with me to New York is really respecting the power of time and taking your time. And so Italians really understand 
what it means to respect the power of time and really see time as a wonderful and powerful thing. I feel like unlike in America, where everyone seems to be rushing constantly, checking things off a to-do list, and then proudly pro- proclaiming, like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Oh, I was so productive today. But really, what they're rushing towards is probably their vacation to try to go to somewhere like Italy so that they can slow down. It's it's very funny. So Italians understand that the more time you give something, the more joy you're going to feel from it. The more time you give something, the more you're going to respect it. The more time you give something, the more faith you're going to need to have to trust that, wow, this time was worth it. This time that we invested in here produced something that we feel proud of, that we feel passionate about. And I think a great example of that is the process of just growing grapes and making wine. My sister Gianna and I, we went on a wine tour um, near Vieste, and the woman who was sharing the wines with us told us how her grandfather brought the vineyard, and they had to wait four years, four years before they could even begin to grow grapes. And I am a leadership coach. I've helped hundreds of women launch their businesses make six figures, work behind the scenes of seven-figure companies. And so many people that come, even if they've never had a client before, their biggest question is, how long is it going to take for me to make money? And it's it just is such a funny question to me because I think now, like, imagine if I said, well, it'll take four years to hone your craft, and then you can think about getting a client. People would never do it because our culture does not have the respect for time that other cultures do. And so back to the winery. So she said, yeah, it takes four years before we can even begin to grow grapes because the roots have to dig so deep down into the soil. And from there, then it's a minimum of a year once the grapes are harvested to put them through, you know, the the vats and all of the things that go on with making wine, right? And then she said, and then, you know, if God allows, we will have wine. And she said, you know, it's a very emotional process and it requires a lot of patience. And if God allows, we will work hard and we will have a healthy and delicious harvest, if God allows. And I just think it's such a good example of how much respect can be given to time. Whereas I feel like for myself personally, I'm always seeing time as the enemy and it's such a deep practice of mine to try to see time as the greatest most powerful force we can give ourselves and that if we're constantly looking at things like this is taking too long then we're missing the lessons of what time is doing the the shedding and the growth and the confidence that time can build that we're just not going to see until we have more time to look back and say, wow, thank God I didn't, you know, find my man until right now. Because look at where I am right now. Look at how confident I am. Look at how secure I am. Thank God I didn't have all of this success and get my book deal or launch the podcast until right now because I would have been so scared or I wouldn't have been sharing this message that I'm sharing right now. And the last piece on time is just taking time to enjoy your life. It's a very funny thing that I hear when Americans go to Italy and they say like, wow, the dinners, they're just so long. Like, wow. 
Some people love it. Some people can't stand it. But if you go to dinner in Italy, I mean, they're not only not rushing you, but you have to really go out of your way to get their attention to get the check. Like they they it's almost like they're avoiding you. Like they want you to sit and fill their table because that's just the way it is. People take their time. They drink wine. They smoke their cigarettes. They laugh. They have many, 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 many courses. And it's very normal that you sit at a dinner for at least three hours. And I definitely am experiencing a bit of reverse culture shock here. I went to dinner last night at this place called Dante's in Greenwich Village and with a girlfriend. And the food was really delicious. I will say also reverse culture shock with money. One drink was $32. (laughs) And the meals we were eating in Italy, because it's not like a tourist trap yet in Puglia, we were having full two entrees, a pasta appetizer, probably another appetizer, and a bottle of wine for about $30. <laughs> so you can imagine, I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? But not the point. The point is time. So my girlfriend and I were catching up. We're having a great time. We were probably there for about two hours and we didn't want to get any more drinks or anything. So we had finished our meal and she had brought the check and I knew she wanted us to leave. And I'm like, you know what? We just spent a lot of money. I'm not going to feel this guilt and this pressure. I'm enjoying myself. And then the server comes over and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, we have to ask you to leave. Like people want this table. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, back in America here, like just kicking us out. And, you know, that's a whole other podcast, but it's, you know, it's capitalism. It's turnover. It's people wanting to turn the tables over so they can make more money. And I understand it. She also wants to make more money. She wants more tips. And I I respect that. I get it. And it's just such an example of it's so ingrained in us to rush. How many times do you go to dinner with your girlfriends and it's like not about the dinner. It's about where you're going after. It's about what we're doing next. It's about, oh, well, maybe we should go here next time or maybe we should have gone to this place or maybe the vibe over there was better. It's like, okay, well, what if dinner was just the main event? Wow. (laughs) What if this was it? What if we just spent our time here and we enjoyed ourselves and we took things slowly and we didn't rush? And that's where I'll leave this is, you know, what I'm working on. I don't say working on what I'm really playing with right now is how to be even more uninhibited with the passion that I bring to my life, really looking at the areas of my life that I take the most pride in, my friendships and my treating them with the reverence and the respect that they deserve, my work, my my creativity, my art, my dance, my expressions. And how am I approaching time? Am I seeing it as the enemy or am I respecting it? Am I finding faith in the fact that time always works some magic? It always heals. It always is working, even when we're not doing anything. And am I taking my time? When I take myself out for lunch, can I go a little bit slower? Can I people watch a little bit more? Can I spark up conversation? Can I bring passion to my life? So that's how to start living like an Italian. And I love you guys. I love this podcast. I'm having such a blast. DM me at Samantha.Bove on Instagram. 
I love the conversations that we're having. I'm hosting a Reiki retreat in the fall in New York. So if you're curious about that, go to samanthabove.com forward slash Reiki retreat. All about accessing your intuition, starting to open and enhance your psychic powers. We are so psychic. I think especially as women, we have access to, wow, such a depth of connection to the world around us, to our ancestors, to our guides, to our highest self. And I've been so fortunate to learn really powerful practices like Reiki to help us do that, to help myself do that more. And I can't wait to pass them on. Okay, sending love, everybody. Till next week. Thank you.